0: Good morning, everybody. I am back, and I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida.
1: And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 30th, episode 2530, brought to you today by Stateline Tack. Good morning, Horse World.
2: Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day.
1: It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday.
0: Here we go again.
1: Oh, and away we go well thank you everybody for joining us today we're going to talk to farrier steve krauss and talk about the palmer angles what they are why they're important why are they important plus we're going to have the canine health minute some good horsey news and some weird world news so here you go glenn you're back I'm back. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what.
0: I, to add to all of my other health problems this year, I had a, got a massive sinus infection and then I uh, had to go to the doctor for antibiotics. And you know what's scary this year? And you even wrote to me and asked, I, I ended up with a fever, a, a pretty high fever for about two days. And when you get a fever now, you right away think COVID. I Maybe mean, that we're just so ingrained this year to think, oh no, I have COVID. But uh doctor didn't think so. Said,
1: you know what's amazing is that um it's a good thing with that fever you didn't go mattress shopping because they wouldn't have let you in. Because I went furniture shopping the other day. I went to a mattress store and then to a furniture store and were the mattress store, they took your temperature really? before you walked in. Well, yeah, it was a mattress was like,
0: store. You're laying on craft, right? Yeah, so- <laughs> so
1: I was like, cool with that. And then, but they like held that thing up and then we went to the to the furniture store and I said, aren't you going to take our temperature? Because it was right next door. And they were like, oh no, we have an infrared sensor when you walk in the door checking temperatures. Really? What? How much At did that At the furniture store? At the furniture store. I almost felt like he might have been lying. Disney like, World oh, or the like airport, I could
0: believe that. But the furniture
1: store? A ginormous furniture store here. And guess what? I walked in and didn't buy a thing. So...
0: Oh, you didn't buy a mattress <laughs> or any furniture? I
1: bought nothing, Glenn. <laughs> nothing.
0: I remember us talking about your mattress when we first started this show. You had like a 25 year old mattress and couldn't sleep, and I finally begged you to get a new mattress.
1: Yes, <laughs> we did. And, and now it's time to replace it again. That's how long we've been doing the show. <laughs> hey, I want speaking of which, I want to wish everybody a happy
0: international podcast day, uh, especially to all the hosts here on the Horse Radio Network, to my partner Jamie and Jennifer and everybody. Uh and to all our fellow podcasters around the world there are now <laughs> get this you're sitting down 1.4 million different podcasts How on many podcasts Apple. were
1: there before covid?
0: Oh, I, it's going up like uh, 300,000. <laughs> I mean,
1: everybody's like, I'm like but, hey, so if it's International Podcast Day yes. and I'm a podcaster, does that mean that Chad's supposed to like give me a present?
0: I think so. I think we should get cake at least, you know. I something. mean,
1: seriously. Ice cream, give cake, me something. something.
0: Yeah, anyway. Uh, especially us. I mean, we've been doing this a long time. So, yeah, it's uh, they're doing 24 hours of programming with podcasters from around the world, Uh, and I'm not doing it this year. Usually, I join in on that conversation, but I've declined almost everything. It's internationalpodcastday.com slash live if you want to check out some other podcasters. And I know we were supposed to have a special show with a bunch of different podcasters yesterday, and I had everything lined up, and I just couldn't do it. So, well, we'll do one here coming up. I know you guys enjoy when I get other podcasters on occasionally. We do have a story about how far we've come in podcasting and Jamie will remember this. She probably doesn't remember the guy's name. Do you remember Marty Bowman? Do you remember who that is?
1: Yeah, he's a he Marty is kind of the liaison for media with Horsey News.
0: Yeah, he's for horse the, shows. For the horse shows, especially Rolex, right? When it was Rolex uh the big Kentucky event. He was he's the one in charge of all the media and and also giving out press credentials. Well, when we first asked for press credentials ten actually twelve years ago now, uh they did de- they denied us because they, they didn't de- we weren't real media. <laughs>
1: <So>. Yeah. <laughs> Now, so. the email is going. Are you going to come this year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you.
0: It'd be great. <laughs> Marty now treats me when I go to these things with a lot of respect. I mean, you saw it. I mean, the first year we wanted to set up there and record 10 years ago at, at Rolex, uh, they were like appalled that we would ask for anything. And now they're begging to set the stuff up for us. It's a whole different story in 10 years. The world has changed when it comes to podcasting. And, you know, there's 1.4 million podcasts, but it's interesting. The really active ones, there's only about 300,000. So, uh and what they mean really active is produced episodes within the last 90 days. And I think a lot of the new ones that started in COVID are going to be gone. They're just come and go. So, yeah, w- but we haven't. We're still here. We're still fighting the battle thanks to our sponsors and our Our terrific listeners from around the world, you know, the other day I said uh, when I'm healing, I would really like whoopie pies. Remember the whole whoopie pie conversation?
1: Yeah, the fact that I said you're having part of your colon removed, (laughs) I don't think whoopie pie is a very good idea. No, it is.
0: I'm, I'm supposed to eat all soft stuff for two weeks, and they're very soft. So I think that Ugh, qualifies. Especially
1: if you microwave them. No, don't microwave them. They'll probably turn into <laughs> no, little bricks. They'll turn into bricks. So I don't know what a whoopie pie is, but it it's sounds really ca- It's like really cake terrible. with
0: uh, really sweet icing in the middle. Little, uh, uh, little and uh, I've had three listeners now offer to send me whoopie pies. So I think I'm going to be stocked with whoopie pies. Uh, so thank you to all of you. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, Don't do it, you guys. Send him an apple. Happy
0: International Podcast Day. On that note, there was something posted today, and this really applies to International Podcast Day. We can't do this without our sponsors. Uh, Jamie doesn't want to work for free, and neither do I, to be honest. Uh, (laughs) So.
1: I feel like I practically do, but that's not the issue today. <laughs> Although I have noticed
0: your checks have been going up, thanks to the thanks to the auditors every month. I know, I you, love you guys. They're getting bigger, uh, and it is auditor day too, where the where your payments come out. So be prepared. Uh, but one of the listeners posted in there that she ordered something from one of our sponsors and made sure to tell the sponsor that she heard about it on our show and encouraged other auditors to do the same thing. That does help. That is one thing, if you're going to buy something from one of our sponsors, either post it in the comments section of the order, or better yet, go over and put it on their Facebook page. Put a note on their Facebook page, hey, I just placed an order on, on your site today, and I I want to let you know I heard about it on the Horse Radio Network. That is the most effective and free thing that you can do uh, okay. to, to help us out. That's awesome.
1: Um, While you're finger keyboarding, you know, uh, and sending out information, I would like to admit something. And Glenn, I've been kind of going behind your back Uh to do this. And I've been doing it for about six years now. And if you go on to the message part of where I've been sending this message, it's just, you know how, like when you send a Facebook message and then a year later you send another one, you can still see your last one. And I think there's 25 unresponded to Facebook messages on Tom Burlington's Facebook page. Okay. I I have emailed his agents. I have emailed (laughs) him. I have emailed his official Facebook page. I've emailed probably people that are not even connected with him uh, for years. For those who don't know, Tom Burlington is the star of The Man from Snowy River, Return to Snowy River, and Farlap. is he like 90 by now? No, he, but the problem is he got all famous doing Australia's got talent. And then like, he's not even doing that anymore. What's he doing? Where is he? Why is he not answering my messages? I mean, I've been, I emailed his agent, like a month ago. I just don't understand why. So I would like to sick the auditors on this. Find me a way to get a hold of John <laughs> Burlington. For God's sake, I have to talk to him. I have so many questions. Um, and I'm sure he probably doesn't want to talk about a movie he made 30 years He's ago. so but tired I don't care. Of that movie. I don't care. I mean, I have heard rumors like he learned to ride like on the set and that just seems impossible, galloping down the hill like that and, and doing all the trick riding and the stunt riding. I just have so many questions. Tom Burlington needs to get a hold of me or answer my messages or at least somebody answer a message that might know him. He's
0: 68, by the way.
1: I uh, wonderful he's probably retired and has (laughs) nothing else to do but answer my questions for real and while you're at uh, it God, get on my show we'll add him to
0: the list with Kaylee Cuco who we still haven't gotten on either
1: I feel like she's a little more relevant than he is (laughs) I, I just I feel like he should have more time and no disrespect Tom because I I'm sure he's listening I absolutely love you, and i had that's why she wants you on the my show first ever crush, okay, I love you, and I think that you're wonderful, and I really need to talk to you <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it took us till he was eighty to get Charlie Daniels on, so maybe in another twenty years he'll agree.
1: No, I can't wait <laughs> that long.
0: So uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks for listening to all the podcasts that you do and supporting us. We really appreciate it. Now it's time for <laughs> an and
1: email sponsors and Tom. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate it. thank you.
0: What is that when uh, spouses they go to court and get a, a piece of paper that says you can't come near me? What's that called?
1: Restraining order. Yeah.
0: Have you gotten any from Tom yet? No, oh.
1: nothing. I've heard nothing. <laughs> back. I mean, even that would be something. To learn. <laughs>
0: You can hang that on your wall. All right, we got uh, my daily winnies or a couple these. Birthday, happy, birthday,
1: happy, happy, birthday
0: <laughs> happy birthday to Casey Berger and Maggie Herlinsky. Herlinsky. So happy birthday to Herlinski. both. Herlinsky?
1: Oh my god.
0: Herlinsky. Oh, Herlinsky, yes. Thank you.
1: Hurling Sky. All of a sudden, you've got a native name.
0: (laughs) I think mine's better, actually. Hurling Sky.
1: Hurling Sky. Or (laughs)
0: Hurlinsky. One of those. I heard Jennifer did a good job pronouncing names on Monday. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's like, how are you guys married? (laughs) Casi Barger. (laughs) Um, A little part of me died this morning when I was searching for weird news, and I saw this story, and I just thought it needed to be a daily What about
0: the debate last night?
1: (laughs) Oh, God. Nobody gets a winny for that. I made it six minutes, okay? (laughs) Wait a minute. Can
0: I play something for the debate last night? Because I think we all agree on this. Republican, Democrat, Independent, or whatever. (laughs) Man. You are one pathetic loser. And that goes to everybody.
1: (laughs) I sat my son down and I'm like, we're going to watch history (laughs) being made. We're going to watch this political debate. That could be just, um, I mean, I really, I think the American people have questions that they need answered. They did not get those answers. (laughs) Enough. Moving on. Okay. So I read this headline, Evil Knievel's son sues Disney over Toy Story 4 character. How is this just now happening? But do you rem- did you see Toy Story four? I'm
0: sure I did. I don't remember it, but yeah.
1: Well, there's a um a guy, uh, Kiana Reeves voices this little guy that drives a motorcycle, and his name is Duke Kaboom. Oh
0: yes, yes. Yeah, I do and that. and
1: so they are currently <coughs> now suing them because it was too much like
0: evil can evil.
1: It's disrespect. Evil Knievel did not thrill millions around the world, break his bones, and spill his blood just so Disney could make a bunch of money. Well, what? I don't know how. I mean, I mean yes, it's. I mean,
0: Evil Knievel has not been the only motorcycle stunt person in history either.
1: Exactly. This might be <laughs> opening up a flood of lawsuits to Disney. But anyway, I. Hey, I mean, we might you know,
0: get sued for being fake, like radio personalities.
1: I would like to contest that. I am a real radio person. <laughs> Okay. Uh anyway, no, I don't know who should win. I just thought it was worth mentioning that Duke Kaboom is going to court.
0: <laughs> Jeez. All right, uh, a couple of uh positive news stories after last night, <laughs> I think the country needs something. Uh, First, I wanted to mention the schedule starting next week. There'll be no live shows starting next Monday in October. We'll have shows for you every day, but you'll just have to look at your podcast feeds for horses in the morning. No live shows because of surgery and just it would be too difficult to do. So there will be shows. Just look in your podcast feeds um, starting next Monday. Governor Larry Hogan proclaimed October as Maryland Horse Month. Maryland's always pretty good at acknowledging horses every year. And uh, in support of that, the Maryland Horse Industry Board will lead targeted marketing strategies to highlight statewide attractions, events, activities, trails, exhibits, and experiences. Uh, they. I think they do this almost every year. They're also going to be doing stuff on Marylandhorse.com, some live streaming broadcasts and education and stuff. So good on Maryland for acknowledging horses every year. Good job. And, of course, there is something coming up this weekend in Maryland. Do you know what that is?
1: Uh, I'm not up on my Maryland to-do. The
0: Preakness is this Oh, weekend. duh. Yeah. So it's 145th of How freakness. could I not
1: know that the Preakness was going to be in October? October? Duh. How could I have <laughs> forgotten?
0: 5.45 on Saturday, October 3rd, and it's the uh, 145th of running, and of course, uh, this year, of course, it's the third leg of the Triple Crown, but don't be no Triple Crown winner, because uh, you know, uh, tis the law. won Belmont and Authentic won the Kentucky Derby. And Authentic, it will be running though in this race this weekend. So tis he's, the law
1: is waiting for the Breeders' Cup, by the
0: way. Yes, which is only a couple weeks later, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs>
0: 13 horses have won the triple crown but 11 horses have uh won the Kentucky Derby and then the Preakness it, when it was done in normal order and then lost to the lost in the triple crown it seemed like it'd be more than 11 it seems like every year we'd go the first two and then we'd wait for the triple crown and they'd lose but uh so this is a little different year for, i don't know if they're having fans or not i didn't read that this weekend uh also, uh one good thing happened in Congress. Yes, yeah, something good happened there. Uh Paul Tankos, who we've had on the show before, his bill for the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act actually passed the House of Representatives yesterday. Uh now it heads over to the Senate, and there's somebody behind it that's very important, and that's uh Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Uh so he's actually in favor of it, bipartisan favor support over there so we might actually see and what this is going to do is set up a regulatory system for all racing in the United States. Right now we have 38 separate jurisdictions mostly by state and this will put them all under for anti-doping and it'll put the US Anti-Doping Agency the same people who are in charge of other sports and the Olympics will be in charge of anti-doping control and everything for racing as well as other, uh, other things. They talked about whip regulation and all of that. So this is a positive thing. Maybe yeah. we'll see it go through this year. I don't know, but at least it went through one step. Also, a lot of, another bit. Let, of, me,
1: let me back up yeah. because I have some, some, some information. Uh, you are incorrect about the 11 horses have won the Derby and the Preakness but lost at Belmont. It's actually 23. Oh. 11 horses have won the Derby and the Belmont. So you ah, we were close, okay. but it did seem like a low number. So yeah, yeah twenty three horses have won the Derby and Preakness and then failed. Because yeah, it seemed
0: like every year we were <laughs> we yeah. were waiting for the Belmont to come, waiting for the and we were always disappointed. Uh oh good. Thanks for that correction. Appreciate it. Uh I love to correct I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> That's something that hasn't changed in ten years. Uh the other thing is remember the horse that uh the dreadhead cowboy was riding down the Dan Ryan Expressway in Chicago, uh, when he got arrested, causing yeah, all the galloping ch- the yeah, horse down, you yeah. know, the
1: freeway, and we thought they shark. were going to
0: have to put the horse down. Well, apparently, it is recovering now, and it looks like it might make it. Oh, so good. that's a bit of good news. Thank God for that. Uh, so that's my uh, that's my stories of good news for today. And you, uh, there was a video you posted on your. Tell everybody what the page is again.
1: Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor.
0: You had a video, you had a picture of one, a horse that was rearing up on you, and then you had a video of you riding it, uh, which is not uncommon. I mean, that's pretty (laughs) pretty much... Every horse you get in. But this one especially, what was its name again?
1: His name is Malachi. Malachi. He's a 14-hand quarter horse. And he came to me to be started from his owners who got him when he was six months old. And Malachi had no idea what the word no meant or do this or please do this or come forward or just a very, a horse that you would pick up the rope and try to pull him forward. And his response was to rear. And it, his response has been kind of to rear to everything he hasn't wanted to do. And, uh, so he's been here for three weeks and I started him. I finally sat on him about 10 days ago. And yesterday we were trotting around the arena so I it's know. Really I saw happy.
0: that it was yeah. And by the way, you don't look too big. <laughs> he, looks, he
1: looks. Yeah, so it oversized. turns out I appropriately fit a fourteen-hand <laughs> horse. And Abby, I so I have I I really love a good saddle horse gelding to help you start a horse. Well, I was gonna I was gonna mention that you
0: did have uh you had a you had a companion horse in the ring with you. Have you tried him without the
1: companion horse at this point? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. I don't want to die. Um, so <laughs> the, the, the way that it worked is a couple of days ago, we put Duke in the round pin with him. And because the, the thing is like a horse that likes to say no, like that doesn't want, when you get on them, he, he doesn't want to move. He's a very like end of pressure horse. When he feels pressure, he just stops or pops straight up. So, um, one of the things I was like, you put a nice, good, steady saddle horse, which is the Duke and it doesn't matter. He could be chewing on his tail. Duke does not care. He just goes about his job. And so we started trying to get him to follow another horse. So he would move because otherwise Abby's having to lead me around on him, which he leads now, but he didn't understand how to, what leg pressure meant. So I've worked really hard teaching him the voice commands. That means go. Uh, And then you get on him, but he still would like, when you add leg, he would just kind of shut down. So it was a, it's a really big deal to be able to get him to trot around the arena. I mean, just from the, this, I, I haven't posted all the, the struggles, with just trying to get him to move, move off pressure. Um, but it has been. And so yesterday I was really, really proud to have him trotting around the arena and is now starting to understand what gives to pressure means. I've done it on his side. You know, I would go to push on his side and he would just lean into me as hard as possible. So now I can push on the side and he moves away and gives to pressure there. So then we transpose that onto his back and uh, put the leg on little just a like inner calf, you know, not like kicking him with my heels. And he would start slowly start to move forward with the so to get him trotting around was awesome. So we'll do that for another day or two, and then hopefully I'll just be able to take him out there and he'll start to understand it. The put the thing with these horses is just and all horses that are being started is you just do it as incremental as possible. So. You know, it was leading me around on him and then following Duke. And at some point he would stop and she would clip on the the halter that he wears under his bridle and she would lead me and then unclip and we would keep going. And then we moved to the arena and then we moved to unclipping and then we moved to trotting. And anyway, it's just been like one little stair step. So
0: it's building uh, confidence and trust. I mean, basically
1: that's it that's the magic part you know you have to you can't introduce if you introduce pain into training you are going to lose so by figuring out like i feel like if he would have gone to a cowboy who was like just get on him and kick him you know i I, it would have ended poorly um especially with this idea of that rearing was the way to get out of things and and that's effective
0: for yeah, you know, that is an effective way to get out of things. If you're if you're somebody yeah. doesn't is not real trained, you're gonna that be effective. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get somebody is gonna get hurt. So uh, we've just gone really slow with them. Although you know, slow is fast and fast is slow. Sure, I could have like put a whip on him and got him to move forward on day one, but I wouldn't have had a willing horse moving forward like he did yesterday, you know, so I, I, I was just really, I'm really pleased with how far he's come in, in such a short time. Again, I do slow things every day, but it incrementally exponentially gets better every day too. Now, the other horse that I have in training is, is an, <clears throat> he's a challenge because he is a horse that has uh, really big ankles. He's got oscillates and we're going to cover that in an episode coming up. Um, but they're kind of, it's racetrack jewelry, they call it. And it, it's not affecting his joints at all, but he has really big fetlocks and again, <clears throat> not affecting the joint. But his problem is he's been at the rescue for over a year because the people see him and they look at his ankles and they're like, Oh, never mind," And they move past it. So Nelda from horse and hounds just really wants him to have a good home. She's like, he just, it's time for him to have a home. So. She sent him to me for training, and oh my gosh, he is such a dream on the ground. His ground manners are impeccable, and then you put that saddle on, and he starts to poop, you know. And then like you walk him out to the round and he's like, oh god. And then you get on him, and he just chomps at the bit, chomp 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 chomp, and he's just a te- he's just so tense and so I just feel so bad it, for does him. Does it hurts or? I don't think he hurts. I think he's just. No, he, well, he he's very sensitive yeah. and I think he thinks he's got a race and he just like, there's just so mm-hmm. many, I've started treating him for ulcers. We have a uh, Mariel sent over a bunch of Miprazole and gastrogard for all these horses, which is awesome. Um, so he's on that. And I just think lowering his anxiety. So my rides on him, I'll ride him twice a day and I'll tack him up, get on him, walk him around the arena and get off and do it again later. You know, and so I'm hoping that by doing the two days like that, uh, it'll really start to make him understand, like when he gets back in the stall. Oh, that well, wasn't was so bad. So yeah. bad. Yeah. Why am I so worried about it? And one of these days I'm going to bring him out. He's not going to poop on the way out to the to the arena and he's just going to be OK, <sighs> calm, you know, but it's a work in progress. So I'll keep you guys posted. I'll be so excited that day that he goes out there and just walks. OK, no big deal.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, this morning, woke up, and for the first time here in Florida, we went under 60 degrees. Oh, hit the 50s. Crap. It was so nice out this morning after having the heat for all this time. Six months worth of heat, and it was so nice. But that also means that you up north are going to get really cold really quick, and you're going to need some blankets. Head on over to the statelinetac.com right now. They have nine blankets. Pages of blanket deals, anywhere from waterproof sheets to medium turnouts to heavy turnouts for all of our Canadian listeners and those that live up in the northern parts. Uh, and they have a lot of them on sale right now. I think they have some of last year's models. I'm looking at an Amigo here turnout sheet that they have marked down from $144 to $72. Uh, Now, I'm I'm sure they are going to be limited sizes on some of these uh, other sales, but most of this stuff, and it's rhinos and amigos uh, and weather and all these different blankets, uh, most of them are 10%, uh, 40%, 21% off. You're going to need them. You might as well head on over right now to buy them. And if your blanket's to the point where if you wash it one more time, it's just going to come out in pieces from the washing machine, maybe head on over to Stateline Tech right now. They still have their 30% off deal, too. I don't know if that applies to, I assume it does. Uh, let's give it a try anyway. So they. Is there a they,
1: coupon code HRN for no, Stateline Tech?
0: Uh, no, I think it would be a better deal to use the one they have on the website. Oh, yeah, a good point. <laughs> Uh, so you don't need to do that. But then tell them that you you heard about it from us. Uh, but they have everything in here. They have literally nine pages of deals. Rambos, Rhinos, uh, Kensington, all, all the different blanket brands. You're going to find them all there right now at Stateline Tech. Waiting for you to buy them to get ready for the winter. Yes, oh, it's God. coming. Today's uh, Horse Health Report is brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast on the Horse Radio Network. The Horse Nutrition Podcast covers topics you will all love. It highlights the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're given. A part of Purina's Full Rain documentary series. Go to com slash Full Rain to see them all. The latest episode is about vaulting horses, and it is an award winner. It won the Best Podcast Award last year, hosted by Lisa Waisaki. And I know you talked about this on Monday, but I wasn't here. And I also got a... Sneak preview of what's in the book coming up. Lisa's new book, Cat and Right book, and Mm -hmm. we are in it. It's like a big commercial for horses in the morning, and you. For both, it's
1: fantastic. (laughs) It's fantastic. I mean, but. You are a major part in this book, but uh, I would like to point out that Zeus has a very large part in it. As he well. does. So I was surprised. Yeah. I'm really. I don't care about me. I love my horse being uh, immortalized in a book my naughty Mustang. <laughs> so it's fantastic. So. But
0: also, you're you come off as I think we're allowed to say this. You come off as a badass
1: in this book. I was. I said this on the show. <laughs> so I'm like. I'm pretty sure that I kicked some guy in the nuts. So I'm <laughs> thrilled at. And I just really like the writing. Like she just. It was like really quick. Um, dialogue and it just was really, really good, you know, she, because we read the first book, cat uh, Enright book on the show. And, you know, when you do the first of something, you're having to kind of explain everything a little slower. This book was so quick and like moving. And I really, uh, I can have read do we all know?
0: of it. Do we know exact date?
1: Well, why don't you book Lisa to come on and talk about it?
0: I'll, I'll have to when <laughs> definitely when it comes out, we'll have her on, but we're going to have yeah. to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, it It is also a big commercial for us. So thank you, Lisa. We love you. Thank you for that. All right. Let's get to uh, our guest, of course, uh, Farrier Steve Krause of Cornell University. Steve's been on the show many, many times before. And I, to be honest, you guys, I have no idea what we're talking This is beyond me. Uh, I don't know what uh, Palmer angles are. It sounds like something I flunked in high school.
1: In shop class? Yeah. <laughs>
0: or math class trigonometry or one of those geometry you know what these are
1: Palmer angles I, I you cut out for just a second do you know <laughs> what these
0: are palmar angles
1: I have no idea well uh, yes I do oh. but hello there he is hey Steve how are you you're on with Glenn and Jamie and horses in the morning thank you for joining us good morning now uh, Glenn is over here telling me he doesn't know what we're talking about today I have no so, idea um, what this is <laughs> So let's explain it to everybody. What is, We're going to talk about palmer angles. What is a palmer angle?
3: Okay. So the simple version is if we look at the side view of the horse standing alongside him, and if we're looking at the front uh, limb, we're referring to the palmer angle. And if we're looking at the hind limb, we're referring to the plantar angle. So we'll start with the front limb. Okay, And as we look at the horse or we look at a radiograph of the horse of standing of the lower limb, we can see um, the coffin bone on a radiograph um, and the the, um, line from the bottom of the coffin bone to the ground is the Palmer angle, whereas the line that goes from the coronary band down the front of the hoof to the ground would be your dorsal angle or your hoof angle. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So, so it's actually more important to the horse on what the palmer angle is. And think of when you think of palmer, think of your palm going face down to the ground. Mm-hmm. And so your your palm of your hand, the line between your hand and the ground can either be parallel. You can raise it up to a positive angle or you can lower it backwards to a negative angle. So that's another way to visualize it.
1: So why is the Palmer angle important?
3: Okay, so that gives us a true understanding, especially if we have an x-ray. And farriers uh, have to develop x-ray eyes if they don't um, uh, have quick access to a radiograph machine. But if you see a lot of radiographs of the side view, the lateral view of the horse, you develop a little sense of horses that have uh what their palmer angle is, as opposed to it's very easy to determine what the hoof angle is, because you could see, you know, whether the horse is upright or or a low heel, long toe horse. You can put a hoof gauge on the front and get somewhat of a reading there, and it, that could be important for shoeing standard bred horses and so on. But the palmer angle actually tells us what the orientation of the coffin bone is, and that has more of a direct link to uh, upcoming soundness problems and, and, and things you can do to help that
1: so can you see just by being a layman on the, the side of the horse if I can I walk to the side of my horse and be like, you know what he does not have a good palmer angle like how could I see that from just being next to my horse
3: that's, that's really hard. Um, you have to see a lot of horses and, and a lot of uh, lateral radiographs. But if a horse has uh, that uh, very upright foot, let's say, uh, it's likely, you know, like a, if, if you were to measure the front of the foot uh, with a, a hoof gauge and a horse that's very upright is above 55 degrees on that angle and probably approaching 60, like what we call a club foot. Most of those horses will have a, a very steep palmer angle also, which is probably above six degrees from from flat. So six to ten degrees on that bottom hoof angle, uh, we, that would correspond if, if the coffin bone was parallel to the, the front wall of the foot. Um, whereas a horse with a very long toe, low heel probably has a flat or negative palmer angle. He's actually crushing backwards. Um, so those horses lose a lot of digital cushion, which is very important. Um, to the, the soundness uh, of the horse and, 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 and how the hoof is nourished and so on. So, uh, you know, usually a, a very, so that's the two extremes that mm-hmm. you can probably easily see. So right we've in the got, a, middle,
1: we've, in the nor- I was going to say, we got a club, of which would... is harder to see. So, so a club foot we would see because they're kind of like the angle is broken a little forward and then a long toe, low heel, Correct. the horse would be a little bit broke back in that angle and, and, and putting a little too much stress on its heel. Um, both of those are fairly common, uh, especially with, I deal with a lot of off the track thoroughbreds. What are some of Correct. the ways to fix that? Because it can't be healthy for what's inside the hoof.
3: Correct. Yeah. yeah. As you get away from normal, a normal uh, palmer angle would be anywhere from three to six degrees on that bottom huff angle to the ground. Anything lower than, say, three degrees, we call a low palmer angle or or a flat palmer angle is parallel to the ground. And a negative palmer angle, which is actually falling, you know, drooping backwards, whereas anything above like six degrees is considered a high palmer angle. So what we can do uh and, and, and there's various ways and, and they're different for you know different um you know which which extreme you're on here. With a low Palmer angles, which is I think uh one of the biggest problems that you see, uh you can do some type of frog support to help uh kind of boost that. Uh depending upon, again, every one of them is different, uh, some type of properly placed heel wedge can help. Uh, But again, properly placed. If you don't place these correctly, you actually create more of a problem. And uh, often the shoes are too short when they do this. And now you've created a fulcrum that the horse is actually falling backwards on even further, making that angle that you think you're boosting up, you're actually making it worse because the fulcrum is too far ahead of of the, the downward force of the leg. So it's kind of tricky. You really have to pay attention to what's going on before you start putting wedges on these horses. But some type of frog support, certainly um, shortening the toe, uh, whether it be by trimming and uh, using shoe modifications like a rolled toe, all is ways we work on this.
1: So what about the horse with the club foot? I mean, you know, I'm sure that a pretty picture would be to just whack up that heel but that's going to cause a lot of problems
3: well you can do that and and that's again a lot of confusion on this you can take that heel off because when you have these excessively high heeled club feet that heel is not going straight down it's it's migrating forward uh-huh. and so again you've got a fulcrum that's in the wrong place underneath the leg and so if you take uh if you trim all the excess heel off and again there's guidelines to do that with, that you know, only a professional should be uh, doing, then you have moved that base of support back under the leg. And that's where you can put a wedge also, to because now you t- have a lot of tension on the deflexor tendon. Mm-hmm. So you remove the excess heel, and then you replace it with a wedge. And that sounds, well, why would we do that? But it's where the basis of support is that's important, not the fact that we have a wedge on or not. If the base of the support is further back and supporting the leg, there's too much tension with on the deep flexor without the wedge pad. And so in some of these horses, if you do this over time, you can grow a better hoof on that foot and it won't be as extreme. It may be somewhat more normal over time. Is this? This. So that's why God. you don't want to, you take the high-low horse, that usually has a negative palm or angle on one foot and a steep palm or angle on the other. You don't want to make these feet match. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to work on each one of them separately.
1: Now, this sounds like something that a, you know, a guy advertising his farrier services on Facebook, you know, may not know. Like, is this common farrier knowledge or does this require a more extensive education?
3: Oh, definitely more extensive education. And, and, you know, it's, it's you know, I just went in a nutshell, what we may do, but what we actually do is more complicated.
1: Right. And there's right. a few
3: other versions of it. And it takes a little experience to, you know, do it in a way that's helpful for the horse.
1: So how can I, how can I make sure that I'm finding a good, properly trained farrier that would uh, say I have a club foot or, a, you know, it's a, a something, uh, how can I make sure that the person I have knows what they're doing?
3: Well, the simple method is word of mouth of, you know, uh satisfy clients that have uh used this individual and have had problems dealt with, you know, usually, you know, uh testimonial type stuff is always the probably the best way of, of finding people, you know, who we can give references to I've worked on this kind of horse successfully. And then um I'm a member of the American Farriers Association as well as the American Association of Professional Farriers. And they both are very, very big on this type of continuing education. So anybody who is, uh, has put themselves into this category has spent some time learning about what they're doing more than just nailing a shoe on. So that's uh, quite often a very good reference right there that if you have a someone who's a member of these associations.
1: Awesome. Fantastic. So again, that's AFA and AFPA, I think is what you said. So- AAPF. AAPF, AAPF. (laughs) sorry.
3: Both have very good, very very good website.
1: Fantastic. Um, Well, again, Steve, as always, thank you for coming on and thanks for coming on such short notice and delivering this speech. I think it's so important. I mean, this is the foundation of what our horses are based on, you know, no hoof, no horse. So these angles are very important. Glenn, are you starting to understand a little bit about what we're talking about or are you not I need pictures, Steve. I need you (laughs) to show me
3: pictures. Yeah, pictures. As I was asked to do this, I was wishing i could have a like a chalkboard a slideshow yeah. for you <laughs> and but but i think people in, in closing i think people are too hung up on the hoof angles um and and don't understand the palmer angles which they should actually be worried a lot more about than what the, the front hoof angle is and we see a lot of people wanting to make sure you put a hoof gauge on and make sure they're the same and What's his angles and all that? And a lot of that stuff really doesn't mean that much compared to what the palmer angles are and the orientation of the coffin bone.
0: So if you want to see your farrier sweat, ask him about the palmer angles of your horse the next time they're there and see what the reaction is.
1: And if they don't sweat, then you know you got a good one. That's right. Uh, Well, they understand,
3: you know, they're thinking of that rather than just the outside of the foot. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's a really educational Facebook page. Cornell Farrier Program has a Facebook page. Go search for that. Uh, and uh, Steve is always on there posting and and doing some really kind of interesting cases and amazing things. So it's uh, Steve Krause, Certified Journeyman Farrier at the Cornell University College of Veterinary Medicine, the Farrier Program Instructor. Thank you so much, Steve. And we look forward to talking to you again soon.
3: Anytime. Just Ta- let me know. Thanks, Steve. All right. Appreciate Thanks. It.
1: All right guys, see ya. Bye. And he is great. He <laughs> does he does mean any He's been coming on our show for years. And I mean, I think what you said, Jen called him last night. Yeah. Like, okay.
0: Our our other vet didn't show up, so uh we had to uh do, do last minute. He always is, is good about that. And talk about a topic I don't think we've ever talked about Palmer angles before. No. Uh, This health segment was brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast and the Horse Radio Network. Now in their third season, each show highlights some of the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're given to help fuel their performances. Episodes this year include Training Hollywood Movie Horses, Therapy horses helping veterans and an inside look at traditional charo horsemanship. It's our all part of Purina's Full Rain documentary series. Go to Purinamills.com slash full rain to see all the films, interviews, and podcasts. <clears throat> and it just figures, excuse me, that an International Podcast Day, in addition to everything else, I'm losing my
1: voice. So that's just perfect. <laughs> Let's do some weird news then. I'll talk.
0: All right, you do some you do the talking. Oh wait a minute! We got to get the weird news.
1: You got to play it again because that sounded like the debate was starting again. Made me give me a little anxiety. (laughs) Do it again.
0: Hold on, let me get a different one because that did sound like debate, didn't it? (laughs) Now everybody flashbacks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That is much better. Well, hey. Um, and if
0: you don't live there, in the United States and have no idea what we're talking about, God bless you. You're the lucky oh, one. You're so l-
1: <laughs> Everybody knows, Glenn, because people all over the world can't believe that this is what we're having to deal with. <laughs> um, the Carlton Athletics and Ickley Town on Saturday were having a. It's called a, a a football game, which of course is soccer. I believe they called it a pitch game, pitch match, and uh, the game had to be halted because while the two teams were on the field an Alpaca came galloping across the field <laughs> wanted to play and, too, <laughs> and it wanted to play um it invaded the the match, and they had to pause it. It's gone completely viral from this town, and uh yeah, so the um Claire Armstrong. Ickley's officer and wife of the first team coach filmed the invasion on her phone, and they posted it, and it's gone completely viral. She was on a, the phone with somebody, and she's like talking, and oh, hold on, hold on, I got to put the phone down. There's an alpaca on the field. <laughs> started filming, so just super did the alpaca win? Oh. Uh, despite the delay, Ickley actually won two to zero. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good to know. I knew that you would ask. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we got to go to Florida. Glenn, do you know where Opalaka is?
0: Yeah, I think I do. And I don't think it's too far from here, actually.
1: It says, yeah. Well, it says northeast of Miami. Oh, oh uh, yeah, they, it's down
0: more where Jemmy lives. That's right.
1: Yeah, voted four to one to repeal the original 2007 legislation and 2013 ordinance that some said men and women could receive civil citations if they breached the ban. And the ban is nobody's allowed to have saggy pants. Your <laughs> pants must be fit snugly around your waist. And Vice Mayor Chris Davis, who sponsored the repeal, said, I was never in support of it, even as a resident. They had signs, Glenn, around the town that showed two young men walking away with their pants low, which, let's be honest, looks incredibly uncomfortable and awkward. I don't know how you walk. Whatever. I don't know either, but again, but <laughs> funny, uh, the yeah. sign was two boys walking away and it says, no ifs and or buts.
0: <laughs> it's That's pretty city good. Law. I want to, co- I want to copy that sign in my office.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's fantastic. Well, it just seems a little bit race driven and they've now, re- I mean, that was my opinion. That wasn't in the article. Uh, but they've now lifted the ban on saggy pants. So everybody in Opelika. Put your pants around your knees and go walk around. Don't trip.
0: Now, by the way, I also want to add to that, if you're going to commit a crime, I've watched enough cops episodes now in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep. If you're going to commit a crime, the saggy pants option for running away is not the best.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You're gonna get you're gonna get caught.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe have regular pants if you're gonna commit a crime. Just saying.
1: Our, yeah. right. Do you want to stay in Florida?
0: Stay oh, jeez. Do we have to? <laughs>
1: Um, I'm trying to figure out where in Longwood, do you know where Longwood is in Florida? I I don't know. No, no, no. But apparently there's a weight conscious three-legged bear. (laughs) (laughs) that's walking around, um, because the home security camera footage captured was of a three-legged bear walked into somebody's open garage and guess what it took? Of all the things it could have taken in the garage. Weight watchers, frozen meals. A two liter bottle of Diet Coke. <laughs> well, it's going gotta- <laughs> to be really disappointing when it bites through that and it shoots up in its face. And like, this is the <laughs> sugar or maybe he really likes drink.
0: Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah,
1: it could be. Could be. All right, show us a showroom and move on. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give you a, a choice here. Do you want to hear about uh, diamonds or snakes?
0: Diamonds, thank you. You know how I love snakes. <laughs>
1: oh man. In Little Rock, Arkansas, there is a like a park where you can go mine you search for diamonds, you know, like it's like, hey, come on, five dollars, we'll give you a little um equipment. But apparently, this guy uh comes to this state park all the time looking for a diamond. He's been going there since he was a kid, but he's never actually found a Nobody diamond.
0: Nobody ever founds f- finds diamonds. <laughs> no.
1: Until now, he found what looked like a piece of glass. He picked it up, put it in his bag. He discovered a nine-carat diamond.
0: No kidding,
1: eight nine. So apparently, you like mine for diamonds. You like so. It took fifty years things. for somebody to
0: find a diamond.
1: And then they go up to the, the the like. There's like a the Parks Diamond Discovery Center where workers will identify your findings and register. Yeah, any and you diamonds pay uh,
0: two hundred dollars, and they'll put it in a ring for you. Usually, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, but for real, like they, they actually, people do find diamonds, but nothing big. And this looks like a big rock. It's, I don't understand how he, somebody was like, mm, that could be a diamond. He said he wasn't even going to go, but his girlfriend went and was going to have hers checked. He's like, mm, I'll just have mine checked as well. And, uh, finding his success, he, uh, they informed him that he had find, found a nine carat diamond. He said he started crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I won't tell you about the story about the woman that finds a venomous snake in her, um, glove compartment no let's not talk about that we'll move past that we did it
0: for our 20th anniversary jennifer and i went to the mountains of north carolina in what looked like a place we were going to be murdered uh and we went gem hunting and she found a gem and it's the one she still wears around her neck today so there
1: yeah Well, it's, is it now a it's about the,
0: no, it's about the <laughs> size of a quarter of your fingernail, maybe.
1: Oh God. I don't bad. even
0: know what kind it is, but we had it, and we spent the two hundred dollars to have it polished and mounted in the thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Probably would have cost me forty nine dollars at Walmart to buy the same one. But it's
1: the adventure. It is. It's all about this hunt. Well, here is a... Actually, thanks, Kayla, for posting this. I actually had seen it in several places because it's just fantastic. Do you know what an African gray is, Glenn? The parrot?
0: Uh, It uh, looks like a parrot, only it's gray. Very
1: good. (laughs) Uh, We'll go with that. So, So you don't know. African Gray is a parrot and they talk. They're very good at talking. They're very vocal. Like I would go to the zoo when Lucas was a baby. We had a World Wildlife Zoo really close and I would just push the cart and I would go into like the parrot area. And I was constantly trying to teach them how to do. I was Like, how cool would it be if, like, people walked in, like, all of them started whistling? You'd be like totally freaked out. Um, but anyway, I never got that done. Uh, however, um, you know, a lot of times th- these birds outlive their owners and people will donate them to a zoo. Um, well, five African where they gray found out parents, they're really
0: noisy and they donate to a zoo,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, A British wildlife park has had to remove five African gray parrots from public view because one of them taught all the rest of them how to swear. (laughs) (laughs) They get charged extra for that. (laughs) Literally uh, one person said that um, Steve Nichols is the park CEO and he says, I get called a fat F every time I walk (laughs) past. (laughs) He says, for the last 25 years, we've always taken in parrots that sometimes have had a bit of blue language and we've gotten used to it. Every now and then you'll get one that swears and that's always funny and we find it comical. However, uh, they took in five of the same week. They were all quarantined together and it was just a room full of swearing bears, uh, b- birds. And he said, it usually makes you laugh, but it started to get a little, he said, it sounded like an old man's. An old working men's club scenario where they're just all swearing and laughing.
0: <laughs> or like the debate last night. So
1: Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> problem is that if they teach the others the bad language, he ends up with 250 swearing birds. And he's like, we're going to shut down. <laughs> I think
0: they should have, they're always looking to to make money. They should have a separate room. They tr- Adults only, 18 and over. You can pay 25 bucks and go in and hang out for an hour. Can P- you they would this sell say, out. Genius.
1: That is genius. Well, they're I always, always looking
0: for a way know. to make money. They would sell out. They would have to have tickets, and it would be sold out for months. Get cussed
1: out by a bird. <laughs> I mean, I imagine walking up and being like, hey, Adam, uh,
0: <laughs> I, I wanted to cut you off because I saw you going there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that all the weird news?
1: That's the weird that's news it. again. Since, but let me tell you about the girl in Australia who like opened her glove compartment no, and there's no, a venomous okay,
2: snake in there.
0: And <laughs> now it's time for Doctor Busby's dog health update.
2: Hi, this is Doctor Julie Busby with your dog health minute. Hi, this is Doctor Julie Busby, and welcome to this week's dog health minute. One of the concerns that I frequently hear from owners of senior dogs is that their dogs are panting or restless or pacing, especially at night. I just saw a 15-year-old beagle this morning for acupuncture, and that was one of the owner's main concerns. And I knew exactly where she was headed with the story when she started out with this sentence. So she's acting weird, and it's mainly at night. This behavior is not only a concern from the standpoint of the dog's health and well-being, but it's also really frustrating for the people involved because it's difficult to watch our pets struggle, and it's also difficult when we can't get our regular sleep because our dogs are up in the middle of the night. So let's cover 7 reasons why this might happen and what you can do about them. Spoiler alert: the answer is really talk to your veterinarian. All right. Number one is obvious. It's respiratory disease. If your dog is panting, it may be that there's a genuine problem in the respiratory respiratory tract. And there's really a host of issues that can cause this. But the one that comes to mind, especially for senior dogs, is called laryngeal paralysis. It's actually very similar to laryngeal hemiplegia, which can occur in horses, In both cases, there is a neurologic abnormality affecting the opening and closing in the airway and the the air doesn't move in properly, particularly on that inspiration, that breathing in. So we call a horse that has this problem a roarer. We don't use that term in dogs, but they have this noisier breathing, especially um, when they're hot or there's an increased humidity. They try to pant to cool off and they just can't move the air effectively. So that is one reason that a dog might pant to be restless and struggle. And number two is heart disease. The heart and lungs are intimately connected. Anything from heartworm disease to congestive heart failure can manifest with respiratory issues, certainly panting and restlessness. And the first thing I did in my Beagle patient today was grab my stethoscope and listen to her heart. Number three, anxiety and fear. Just like in people, increased rest um increased anxiety can cause behavioral changes like Dog people may not pace, but pacing, restlessness, just some sort of change in behavior. And I think about dogs with noise phobias on the fourth of July. Those poor dogs are all panting and restless and stressed, unless they're, you know, hiding somewhere under a bed. So that's another issue that can cause panting and restlessness is anxiety. Number four, a condition called CCD. This is canine cognitive dysfunction. It refers to this gradual onset of dementia-like signs that we see in senior dogs. And one estimate is that 68% of dogs have this condition by the age of 16. So that's a lot of dogs. It's very common, and the symptoms tend to be more prevalent at night, like a sundowner syndrome in people. And this is the classic presentation, this panting, pacing, restlessness at night. And there is a lot we can do for these dogs, ranging from a special prescription diet to medications and supplements. So like all of these points, please talk to your veterinarian. Number five, anemia. If a dog or any animal for that matter doesn't have enough red blood cells circulating in their system, they're going to have difficulty in the respiratory tract because the red blood cells are what bind and carry the oxygen molecules to the cells. And so it's going to manifest with a respiratory component as the body tries to bring in more oxygen, so one way we can check for anemia is just a simple at-home check: is to look at gum color and check CRT (capillary refill time). And this is a really good thing to know in your dog and your horse. How to do this? On our website, toegrips.com. That's t-o-e-g-r-i-p-s.com. We have lots of blogs that talk about all of these specific points in greater detail, but we have one on vital signs specifically that walks through how to check these and a nice little infographic on what normals are for the dog. Number six, Cushing's disease. Symptoms of Cushing's disease, which is prevalent, I'd say, in in middle-aged older dogs are panting, sometimes drinking more, urinating more, restlessness, a pot belly. So if this is diagnosed, um, and, and it's easy to diagnose, well, I won't say easy, it can be definitively diagnosed with blood work Um, it can be treated. There's medications, and we've made great strides in treatment over the past couple decades. Um, But again, really classic for restlessness and panting in senior dogs. So if your dog has those symptoms and maybe you know has tends to have elevated liver values on blood work, that's another hallmark. Talk to your vet about Cushing's disease. And last, we have acute or chronic pain. Dogs And animals who are in pain are often restless, and they often just don't settle down. And it's our job as their advocates, their voice to perceive this, to be observant, notice when this might be related to pain, the restlessness, and get them the help that they need. And that's it for today. I hope these um, seven tips were helpful. These are all reasons why your dog may be panting or restless. Again, much greater detail on all these topics on our blog at toegrips.com. I'll see you next time for the Dog Health Minute.
0: And if your senior dog has uh, mobility issues, don't forget that if you go to DrBusby.com, you can save 10% on Encore Mobility with the promo code HRN so that you can have more good days than bad days with your dog. We should just buy you a case of that because you always end up with senior dogs.
1: I do have a, I do have a pile of them at this point. My poor little Jack Russell. He just, he's he's a shorty Jack. His name is Tank. He's a very small Jack Russell. And he's just like you, if you are more than 20 feet away, you can go Tank, Tank. And you just see him look to the right, look to the left, look, wait, wait. Where are you? He just literally can't see you. But if you're also more than 40 feet away, he can't hear you. So bless his little heart. <laughs> I feel. Chad's like, why won't he come when I call him? I'm like, because you are too far away and he doesn't know where you are and he can't hear you.
0: <laughs> so I have to ask you, when we first started this, uh, going back to being International Podcast Day, I'm seeing a whole bunch of posts from my podcasting friends. When we first started this, had you listened to any podcasts at all?
1: Uh, No. I know I did not ever listen to a podcast.
0: Okay, so that's interesting. And a lot of podcasts Reese had not either. He had she had listened to uh, my maybe one of our shows, the WEG show, I think that Samantha and I did back way in back in 2009. And uh, she hosts the Josiah show for for like four years before she ever started listening to podcasts. And now she's an avid podcast listener. So, if, uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. If I pulled up, just pulled up my podcast player on my phone. Uh, and I, I'm looking through to see if I'm going to pick my top three favorite podcasts right now. <clears throat> so I want you to do the same thing. Sorry, guys. My voice is just hanging in there.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Um, I have Bob and Sherry still this what this show was designed after that their show, their national syndicated show. You're the Sherry and I, I, I'm not the Bob. Um, so uh, I still listen to them every day. So that's probably my number one. David Tennant's podcast. I would put number two right now. And then I've really gotten into uh, Mark Murphy, who's from the Food Network, has a one called Food 360, where he interviews professionals in the food world and restaurants and stuff. And it's more on the business side of restaurants. And because I started out in a restaurant in my working life, I just find that one fascinating. And, and I still listen to Mighty Blue on the Appalachian Trail uh, every week, too. So, all right, what are yours?
1: Um, okay. So I listen to the one I listen to every day. It's a, it's, um, it's a talk show in Atlanta, but it's made into a podcast. So I, I, and I worked with a lot of the people on it. So I know some of them and it's called the Von Huss, Von Hessler doctrine. Uh, it's Eric Von Hessler and he was a, a DJ when I was a DJ and now he's a talk show host and it's very, um, like, he's a libertarian. He says that he doesn't care how you vote. And But there's a girl on it who does voices, and she's so funny. And I just figure that I just am going to steal from her. Uh, <laughs> I you? still listen to yeah, – oh, yeah, all <laughs> the time. <laughs> if you're stealing from me, you're stealing twice. Um, <laughs> I, I Isn't really that true love, of
0: most things in the world nowadays? Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: totally. Own it. Uh, um, but the way I heard it with Mike Rowe, I listen to yeah, every week. yeah. I tried to get into the Office Ladies. Do you know what that is?
0: Yeah, but I never watched the Office, and I do know what oh. the show is. It's pretty popular,
1: actually. It, yeah, it's really good. I, I I had to restart at the beginning, and I I need to skip past to a couple seasons later because they're still like in the oh my god, they like phase where they're still kind of figuring out how to do a podcast. Um, well, well, years
0: ago, it started, and he's a friend of mine, it started with the Blacklist podcast, was one of the first podcasts about a TV show while the TV show was new and running. So every week they would do the episode and talk about the last episode that was on. And now it's become a thing. The newest thing in podcasting is to do a podcast about a show that's ended and you're starting over.
1: Well, it's the Office, the ladies. It's it's Pam and Angela. They're they actually have real names, and they are sitting around do, talking about each episode and making notes about them, and and it's kind of cool because I back love in time novels.
0: right to the beginning. They
1: started with episode yeah. one, and I'm probably on like eight or nine. But and are you rewatching I, I, with
0: them? Do you no, watch cause the episode
1: I, first or not? I've seen all the episodes so many times oh, okay. I I know yeah, the like ones you're talking big about. Gang, huh? <laughs> um Help I Sexted My Boss is still one of my favorites although I've taken a little break from that. It's a British thing where guys get drunk and give you life advice. Um <laughs> I like that Cabinet of Curiosities is really good. Um I listen I do I listen to Horsemanship Radio. I love that one. And let's see. I I gotta be in the mood for the moth, but I'll listen to the moth. But do you know what? I Probably listen the Von Hauser doctrine. The way I heard it, and I listen on airplanes. So I, I listen on cleaning cry paddocks. It.
0: Really? Yeah, it makes cleaning paddocks seem better <laughs> when you listen to the moth because yeah. usually the stories they either make you laugh or cry. Right? I mean, at the moth, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's
1: why I do it on a plane so nobody can see me. <laughs> oh, Chad just told me that I need to. He just texted me. Apparently, he's listening. Um, he said, "You, ha- what about Ben Shapiro?" Have you ever listened to that guy? No. I swear it sounds like he's on fast forward. The guy talks just like this. And he's so fast. Nobody's like, giving you all the news. I'm like, I can't even process what he's saying. Turn it off. <laughs>
0: I, I still listen to, I I, I do listen to uh, the Jim Hill podcast. He's a guy, it's all about Disney. And this guy is a walking freaking encyclopedia of Disney from day one and has made his living being j in the encyclopedia of Disney. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to Lou Mangello, is one of the legends and I think he might even be a Hall of Famer. Uh he does a WDW radio podcast, and I know we have some listeners that listen to him. He he is one of the biggest podcasters out there. He lives in Orlando. It's all about Disney World and and uh he's been he's the longest running Disney podcast. How do we
1: get into the Disney Hall of Fame? I mean, the podcast Hall of Fame.
0: What do we have to do? I I don't know. We're never going to be in it, I don't think. Um, So he, uh, (laughs) I'm going to make that a life goal. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, good luck with that. It's like getting in the radio Hall of Fame. Good luck with that. Um, So he, uh, he did. I I hadn't listened to his show in a long time, and I put it on the other day when I was sick because I was running out of podcasts on my player and he did a, he had an amazing thing happen talk about the power of podcasting you know he's a lot of listeners tens of thousands of listeners and he uh, lost his mom 2 weeks ago and he came on and he does a show live on facebook and then puts it out And while he was doing his live show the week after his mom died, a listener showed up and knocked on his door unexpectedly and his wife answered. And she wanted to come in and talk to him. (laughs) Imagine this happening to you. She wanted to come in and talk to him on the air because she knew he was live. And they let her in. Apparently, they at least knew who she was. Uh, They let her in and she announced that unbeknownst to him. They they had done a, fa- a fundraiser. He'd been doing fundraisers for years for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And he's a big supporter of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Well, the listeners all got together when his mom died and put a fundraiser together in his mom's memory to raise money to bring a kid, $10,000, to bring a kid in the family to Disney for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. In a week, they raised $50,000. So he was like bawling on the air. He was like crying. I had me crying. Everybody was crying. Uh, but that just shows the power of, you know, when you do the right thing and you're good to your audience, what it can do. And I was just proud to hear that of podcast listeners like anytime we have done that, you know, look how they responded for your for the rescue you work for. We raised thousands of dollars for them um, mm-hmm. over the years. And it just shows the power of what we do. The person um- because it's a personal connection with the audience.
1: Well, (coughs) boss. All right. Moving past that. I don't need to crap. Come on. By the way, how to get into podcast hall of fame. Um, there are public nominations and every nominated person will be evaluated during a selection process made up of the existing hall of famers. The requirements were, have been involved with podcasting for at least 10 years. Check. Either as a podcaster or an active member of the podcast industry. Look at you. You can make it into the Hall of Fame.
0: I'm going to tell you why we will not make it into the Hall of Fame. It's run by Podcast Movement, which is the number one podcasting conference, which uh, are... Are
1: you in bed with the wrong people?
0: I am in bed with PodFest, which is the second largest podcasting conference and have done their keynote speech for years. And they have had a battle for the last six years. So, no, we're never going to be known.
1: Okay, what's the other one? What's the one that Pod- does the Hall of Fame? Pod-
0: Podcast Movement does the Hall of Fame.
1: Okay, I'm going to start submitting things to them and make them my friends. So, at least maybe I can get in. <laughs> there you go. And I'll bring you along. I'll give you a mention.
0: <laughs> did you ever win a radio award?
1: I did. Did you? I did. I went to the Air Awards, which is Achievement in Radio. My first ever... Oh, this is a good story. You'll love this. So... This is before Jeff Foxworthy had his resurgence of fame. And I was young, 24, probably skinny, lovely, 24-year-old. Well-dressed,
0: too, I might add. I've seen some of those pictures.
1: Yeah, I used to have nice clothes and like nice hair. <laughs> it's <was> amazing. <laughs> uh, so uh, it was the Achievement in Radio Awards, which is the Air Awards. It was hosted by Jeff Foxworthy. You much looked
0: like a pretty city slicker.
1: I did. I had heels on and everything. My poor husband doesn't know what he married. He married that girl, and he has this girl now. So lucky <laughs> boy. Lucky. Yeah. So Jeff, they, they, it's time for best traffic reporter. The category is best traffic they reporter. They had one and of Jeff- those. Yes. <laughs> yes. I. I mean, it was my first year too, so I didn't ever think I would win. So you don't prepare any. I didn't prepare a speech or anything. Like what? So they go up and announce it, and um. Jeff Fox really is opens the envelope and he's like, and the best uh, traffic reporter goes to, and my name at that time before I was married was Jamie Massey, Captain Herb Emery. And it's a tie with Jamie Massey. You won with Captain Herb, your friend, Captain Herb. And I tied God rest his soul. He's one of my favorite people. He's such a mentor. And, um, so he went up and accepted the award and he's, bless his heart, he's, he's like a grizzled kind of like helicopter guy, you know, he's up there like in the chopper, like uh, now we're hovering up, you know, that was him. And then I come up there and I had bought this like super smoking outfit and I get up there on my heels and I strut across the stage she and I fall down. take my, no, I did not fall. And I take my <laughs> award, and I do my little brief. Thank you. And I walk down and Jeff Foxworthy comes out there and he picks up the mic and he goes, I don't know about y'all. That ain't no tie. <laughs> and Jeff
0: Foxworthy can get away with that.
1: <laughs> I credit Jeff Foxworthy for starting my career because literally five minutes after I've, I, I they finished the awards, Star 94 came up and hired me <laughs> to be on their morning show. <laughs> And I was like, Jeff Foxworthy gave me my radio career. I was a lowly traffic reporter until he basically misogynized me on stage. <laughs> but it was That's Jeff Foxworthy hashtag, is me perfect. Me too, but it's Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, my God. He's does he lovely. have horses? We need to get him on the show. <laughs> he does not have horses, but he and I were he, – because he was in – he lives in Atlanta, and he did a lot of radio stuff. And this is before blue-collar comedy and – the Kindergarten show,
0: bazillions of dollars.
1: Well, he yeah. had already done the "You Might Be a Redneck," so he came on the show all the time and would do the redneck stuff. And he and I, I love him. I will love him forever. He's one of my favorite celebrities.
0: <laughs> we need. Well, can you get him on for Radiothon? We need to get him on Radiothon. that
1: Oh my god.
0: Because all bets I'll are b- off at Radiothon. We don't have to have to <laughs> be worse people.
1: <laughs> That's <get> <laughs> really true. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll send him an email. I'll text him. <laughs> you, text okay? him Just, yeah. you know what? I'm going to text him and the queen and see who he answers first. <laughs> yeah, see
0: who you get an answer from. Well, there's a little memory lane there for our podcast, International Podcast Day. Uh, I need so- to be
1: in the Hall of Fame, dang it. <laughs>
0: get, hey, get your ads in. Last chance to get your ads in for the $500 worth of prizes on Friday's show. So get your ads into Network dot com. If you're going to hang around, if you're an auditor for the post show, we are going to talk a little bit about TV today and movies because I need something to watch in my two weeks uh two weeks recuperating here after my surgery next okay, week. Can so I just we're say talk about TV?
1: Can I just say that for those of you who have children, the show I'm sorry, my husband actually believes that there's a very big parallel between me and the lady on the show, uh, but I. <laughs> We love it. It's called I'm Sorry It's on Netflix, and it is fantastic. All right. I've been wanting to mention it.
0: Okay, cool. All right, thanks, everybody. Well, tomorrow uh, is, oh, The Driving Show with Dr. Wendy. So Dr. Wendy and Jennifer helped out. They have a terrific show. I edited that. So uh, a lot to learn there, a lot of health stuff in that show, as usual with Dr. Wendy as well. And Dr. Wendy's going to be helping to fill in. So thanks, Dr. Wendy. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. See ya.
1: All right, Spade Neutergeld. There it is. <clears throat> you have one job. Now you're not getting in the Hall of Fame.
0: <laughs> oh, politics are keeping us out of that. What's funny is I know all the other Hall of Famers too, so <laughs> I could get nominated or we could get nominated, both of us, but oh, oh
1: well, if then. you get in and I don't, I'm I'm I am <laughs> You're going to walk <laughs> across that stage and I'm going to be holding on to your leg. <laughs> Take me with you. I got to tell what you. you. I, well, the, the whole like Jeff Fox was saying, you know, like yeah. the deal is like, the reason the letter to the queen was so important to me is that that has been my, exa- like, I finally won an award, but I tie. And then like, remember, I I tell you about my whole, like, experience in high school, my high school reunion, I win most famous and I go up on stage and they say, and most famous award goes to Jamie Massey. And then he goes to hand it to me, takes a microphone. and goes, it's only because Robert isn't here. Robert was in the NFL. <laughs> so I only got it because somebody else wasn't there. And you know what? Wait, this is the part I can cuss, right? Yes. Fuck all y'all. I just got a letter from the fucking queen. Bitches. I don't need your bullshit. He didn't have to say that at that moment. Right? (laughs) That is the existence of my life. Always the bridesmaid or at least dying. Did you kick him in the nuts
0: like Lisa has you doing in the book?
1: I wish I would have kicked him in the nuts. I just was so shocked. I was like, I just took it and like walked down. I was like. And and I, since then, that, that thing has been ripped to shreds because I just found it so offensive that you could be like, and you're the most famous. Well, you know, because Robert's not here.
0: <laughs> All right, let's talk about TV. I'm going to be laid up for a couple of weeks here. Let's find out what I can watch. This is what the auditors are recommending. Now, you can tell me if you've seen any of these. Right. By the way, we just watched uh, Enola Holmes with uh, Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. And it's so funny. It's a movie where she is like the niece of uh, of Sherlock Holmes. as set in that time period and she becomes a little detective too. Uh, And can I just say that Millie Bobby Brown is 16 freaking years old. She has one of the most famous series ever and now she's in movies at 16. And she was really good. And I started wow. watching the movie and going, wait a minute, that's eleven. <laughs> and it was eleven. It's not eleven anymore. Uh so uh but it was it was okay. I would say that uh, Enola Holmes it was okay, it was cute, it entertained us for two hours. Uh <clears throat> all right, Claire says the castle. I never watched the castle. She said they went back and started watching the castle again.
1: Uh did you ever watch a castle? never seen that? Uh, mm. nope. So far, all of the words you have said don't even register. With me because they don't make any sense. You never watched Stranger there.
0: Things either. I tried. It's too scary. Yeah, I got had to quit in season two. <laughs>
1: couldn't. It was I couldn't. the things coming out of the wall. Yeah. I was like, ah, yeah, uh, yes. I'm not. nope.
0: I know it's that's scary. too much. Like I just. By the way, we talked about the ghost thing. Uh, apparently, I ain't the only one that's seen a ghost in this world. So there. <laughs> uh according to all the posts from the auditors, letter mm-hmm. Kenny. Not another one I've watched um no ratched r-a-t-c-h-e-d on netflix have you seen the ads for it no it looks terrifying and not a show it's set i best i can tell it's gory and set in the hospital and i am not watching that before i go to the hospital for five days thank you very
1: much oh no no no, i'm
0: not doing that um what else here working moms you watch that one Mm -mm. Uh, I don't know what that's on Cobra Kai. Everybody's talking about Cobra Kai. That's the Karate Kid remake. Is it good?
1: Oh my God. It's so good. Okay. It's the Cobra Kai is the, basically um, the premise is 25 years later, the, you know, the, the, the bad guy who got the swift kick to the face, you know, Johnny, Johnny, 25 years later is like a super loser. And Danielson son is like a used car salesman, but like the high end, like new car salesman kind of guy. And so he's super that's, successful. That's and then ridiculous. like Johnny's kind of a loser because of that moment, that moment like rocked the town apparently. And so it, it starts out fairly dark and I, I haven't finished it yet because it, it went from the story of him. So and it's not really, a
0: remake because I hate remakes. It's not no, a remake, it's okay. not.
1: It's a continuation, okay. like 25 years later, where they are It'd be like in if their did life. Harry at Potter, that 20 time.
0: years down the line.
1: Yeah, you know, so, to, so but yeah. They, they use a lot of like flashbacks from the movie, like Mr. Miyagi flashbacks and stuff when they're thinking about stuff. However, it goes from like very dark his kind of him, and then it kind of takes a so far it's the kids kind of take over the middle part. And apparently it goes back to like the culminate. I, I, apparently it's really good ending. I just haven't finished it, but yes, Cobra Kai fan, Damn. Miyagi's
0: dead. Didn't he die years ago?
1: Yes. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi is. And yeah. uh, Pat Morita passed Wasn't he away. The same guy that was on happy days. Yes. My God. How old are you? Jeez. <laughs> I loved happy
0: days. All right. Haley Johnson says the social dilemma. I can't do that one. Oh,
1: Chad watched that one and Abby watched it and there, but I, I don't need to know ab- about how I'm getting skimmed. But yeah, basically yeah. the social dilemma is all the people that created all of this are like, this is terrible. Yeah. We created a monster. Yeah. We didn't know we did it. And here's yeah, how they knew they're they were spying doing it. on how you. How could
0: you not know you were doing it? Um, Love on the spectrum. I don't. Oh know
1: my God. One. I did watch that. <laughs> yeah. When I was in, I'd been binge watched the entire, I've never binge watched an What's entire thing. It's one season. And when I tell you about it, it's going to sound terrible, but then I'll tell you about it. Love on the Spectrum is about autistic people or people with Asperger's in Australia trying to find love oh. and and how hard it is so for them comedy, to then. find a partner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought it was going to like be kind of making fun, but oh my gosh, it's so heartwarming and the people are so amazing and you really, really root for them and their families are around. It's actually really good. I would put that on your list because it is really good. And they're all I have Australian accents, which is fantastic. Um, but it's really, really good. I actually was like I don't know, watching some show about uh, like I was thinking like a Love Island autistic style, but it's not at all like that. It's, okay. <laughs> there's like a counselor who comes in and tries to help them match them and everything, and they go on dates, and it's really interesting. I've really liked it.
0: All right, so I see here you commented on this one. Rhonda, our legacy listener, said uh, we are finally watching Lost. I tried Lost. I couldn't get into it.
1: I tried That's it several times. you have terrible taste. Oh, I just couldn't get great. into it. And there's like
0: a thousand seasons. They've been lost for a long freaking time.
1: Yeah, there's so much that happens. It's yeah. seven seasons lost. If you want, you must start at the beginning. You cannot skip through it. You must go episode one all the way through. It was great. I mean, that was like, a that was appointment TV for me.
0: Ozark. I got into season two of Ozark on Netflix and I just haven't finished it. So that's what I'm planning on trying to finish.
1: That's too dark for me when it's they, dark. um, yeah, it's dark. When the people acid chewed up all the people. I don't, I, I can't, I got I can't, through get, that part. Chad <laughs> loves that one. And I was like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> Uh, too
0: stressful Brittany runs a marathon says Lily says that's a fantastic movie super good to watch if you're feeling shitty about yourself and need some cry time and then self-esteem boost oh that's not what I'm gonna need after surgery I think I'll pass on that one Uh, My Octopus Teacher (laughs) no idea what that is no that's a new one Uh, so what else here are people recommending Rectify don't know that one
1: nope never Uh, heard of that one
0: let's see what else we got I think that was oh Last Kingdom I watched Last Kingdom I watched all of Last Kingdom and I also I want us to know if anybody watched the 100 you ever try the 100 it's not That's your kind show. of, it's, you're not going to like it. Uh, so anybody that watched The 100, I can't get through the last season just because I it's gotten so redundant. It's It's six, seven seasons now, and I made it through the first six seasons, but it's so redundant. It's like, we ran out of stuff to do, but we need one more season, so let's just redo everything we've already done. It's like, okay, it should have ended last season. Uh, it's one of those shows. So I loved it for the first, but I could not get through thing. <clears throat> all
1: right. Well, I, I would say that of all these suggestions, I would say you need to watch Cobra Kai. I'll um, try Cobra Kai. it. knowing that anything I say, you're not going to like, because there's no laugh track in shows that How I like. How many
0: years ago were, was Karate Kid? 25
1: like 25 years ago i and it was amazing is before cobra kai came out lucas and i watched it together because he takes karate and i was like you need to watch this and he does a crane kick all the time like, Wow, it was awesome anyway they go on it, it it's it's a clips from that and it goes forward it's kind of it hit a low point now apparently it's supposed to go back up so um watch that but if you have kids and the, the the show i mentioned on the actual horses in the morning is called I'm sorry. And it's a woman who lives in California and her husband and they're married with one child and she's a comedy writer and he, I think is a lawyer. So it doesn't matter. Uh, he like they'll say it's just the awkward way to like raise a child in the, in today's society and like, it's just a fantastic and it's so funny and inappropriate. Like that <laughs> la- episode last night was she had a couples massage. With Wait a her minute, husband, is this buddy- the
0: one that Chad thinks you're the girl? Yes. Funny and inappropriate. That fits. Funny and inappropriate.
1: (laughs) And like last night's episode was she goes to a couple's massage, but her husband can't go. So she takes her mom and it's like a spa day. They have to go and sit in the sauna for a while. And she's like, oh, my God, am I going to see my mother naked? Like, is she going to? we're going to be sitting in a sauna together. spa together. (laughs) Am I going to she, so she wanted to cancel it. And then the mom was like, I'm so excited. And so she goes in and she takes her towel off and she's completely naked. I mean, she's blurred out. And then her mom takes her towel off and she's in a bathing suit (laughs) and she's like, Oh my God. And so then the mom goes off and does something else. And she's like, I'm going to go in the sauna and she's in the sauna and there's all these women in there with their tops off and sitting there talking. Of course, everything is blurred out. And so she's like, okay. And so she takes her towel down and puts it around her waist. And she's sitting there topless. And this lady walks in and's is like, Oh my God. Hey, how are you? And like hugs her nipple to nipple. She's like, there was nipple touching. I just, that kind of like comedy and inappropriateness that I love, love, love It's great. So you might actually like that show because it is a very funny woman. Like she's the lead and she's dealing with what well, you, what stuff that I deal with Lucas, you will see played out on television. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thanks for the suggestions, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, so I'll be still here. I'll be doing shows Monday and, or Friday and then Monday of next week. Uh, so I'll still be here through that. And then uh, I start my hospital prep.
1: Isn't that fun? Oh, time. gosh. Time. Love I'm, you, buddy. Hang I'm going to be there. getting
0: unsick just in time for them to cut me open. So there we go. Um, Well, you
1: wouldn't want both at once.
0: No, they wouldn't let me. That's the thing. I had to get better or they weren't going to do it. So it was get one thing done at a time here. Uh, And thank you for the post you did in there and for helping support us by, by telling sponsors that is, that truly is the best way to let them know if they hear that, then they think the advertising is worthwhile. So it's important. We have some good news, hopefully coming here in the sponsor front. And I can say this to the auditors. Um, we are in the contract phase right now for the World Equestrian Center Studios. They have the contract. Their lawyers have it. I'm waiting to hear back from them. So keep your fingers crossed that that works out. Uh, that would be kind of cool to have uh, studios in the largest equestrian complex in the world. It means when Jamie comes in to visit, I think we could see huge events. They're putting in a complete cross-country course. I think we could see Olympic caliber events happening at that facility. Uh, And uh, we'd have our own studio there. Isn't that cool? Awesome. Keep your fingers crossed. We have, that's not confirmed. It's not signed yet, but we're getting close. I got an email the other day that said, when the lawyers are done figuring this out, we're going to have you come over and we're going to show you the space we have picked out for you to make sure it's okay. It's like, I get a choice? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure it'll be fine. So anyway, that's what's going on. All right. So what do you think you're going
1: to watch of all the suggestions?
0: Oh, you know what? I started re-watching, and I will tell you what I think I'm going to. I'm going to try coca And what
1: are you watching?
0: I went back and started on Cheers again, because it finally oh, yeah. came out on Netflix for the whole holds run. Holds up, doesn't it? It does. Holds
1: it holds up. so funny.
0: It does. And I was afraid it wouldn't. When I started it, I thought, it's not going to hold up. But it does. Even really without cell phones, it holds up.
1: I was shocked. We started it, we started it again, too. Uh, Norm. I mean, I didn't
0: realize that Norm was in from episode one. That whole Norm thing started in episode one. You know, when you go back and you're, these are so old. When you go back and watch them, you go, wow, I didn't realize that was there from the beginning. I didn't realize Diane was in from so early.
1: She was the, yeah, she was the the driving premise of the pilot. I thought she started later. I just remember Diane starting later. I don't know. No, Rebecca started later.
0: Yeah, that's Diane right. Left. You're right. Re- and I haven't gotten a Rebecca yet.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, me neither.
0: Uh, but yeah, those characters were formed from day one, which very rarely happens on a series that lasted that long. Uh, you know which one I tried? Seinfeld kind of doesn't almost hold up anymore. Uh, you know, it's, it's okay. And I do watch occasional Seinfelds, but I think I'll get through Cheers the whole way. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's good. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you. All right. Bye. bye.